We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Feel like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Name More NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast coming at you Monday afternoon on the off day here for the Wolves before they head out to Sacramento for a back to back against the Kings, both on the road. I figured with today's show, this was a good time to get kind of Kingsy, uh, preview the double header, but also talk about the Kings as they connect to the trade deadline and maybe even as. They might connect to the Wolves at the deadline as a, a team they could work a trade with. To do that, uh, I got my friend Brendan Nunez here, who covers the Kings for the Sacramento Bee, the Kings Herald, and on his podcast, the Kings. Paul Brendan, we were talking a little bit before uh, we hit record here, but what's what's up in uh, what's up in Kings world these days? Uh, it's complicated. It feels like uh, a countdown until the deadline. For sure, there feels like there's got to be some big shakeup. And of course, in very Kings fashion, as all year or especially this month, we've heard, oh, my God, there has to be a big shakeup. Right. And now it's slowly like, ah, is there going to be um, so? Don't you feel like that's kind of like the sense with every team, though, too? Like, yeah. I'm having a lot of trouble just going through team to team and being like, oh, this is an obvious move here and there. I mean. It's, it's similar even with the Wolves in a different way, I think, than the Kings where you're trying to they're trying to maybe upgrade rather than liquidate. But I don't know. I just I feel like we get to this point of the year every time with the trade deadline and we go, oh, here's going to be all these moves and that those moves. And sometimes. I don't know, I, I think I'm just in my head, like maybe this is going to be quieter than we anticipate. And I don't know, it'll be Thursday and Woj will be going off and we'll We'll see what happens, but let's actually, let's start. Let's start with the deadline. Let's start with the Kings. You kind of hinted at there that maybe you don't see a massive roster overturn coming for them. I know you've written about how you think it doesn't make sense uh, for sure to trade De'Aaron Fox and totally blow things up. But what are you anticipating Monte McNair is going to do here with this team? I mean, at very least... I think that Marvin Bagley is the most obvious guy to be gone to me. Um, he's going to go into restricted free agency. His qualifying offer is going to be a, around $7 million, um, because he doesn't meet starter criteria of, I believe, 40-some games started. Um, 
or the total minute threshold this season. So, um, but still, I, I don't see any world where he comes back to Sacramento because of just all the yeah. things that are attached to his name with number two and yeah, requesting a trade in the offseason beginning of the year and the whole Walton not playing him. It's just, it's been too complicated of a situation for Bagley. I think it's best for both sides to move on. And I think that, you know what, you don't want to let another asset, however much you want to actually feel like Bagley is an asset, walk for nothing. Um, you know, I think there are young teams that are willing to kind of develop talent. I think of like OKC or maybe Indiana falls into this group and Detroit is the team I think we've heard the most linked with Bagley. Um, where you could get something in return, even if it's sure. a pick in the 30s, early 40s sort of thing, um, which isn't the most exciting thing. But I think like Bagley's the guy to me that for sure I, I think he's moved on from. I think Tristan Thompson kind of falls into the same thing where it's like Sacramento manages to have five centers on this roster. Dude, uh, it's like seven. Yeah, it's pretty it, crazy. It, it's not. I mean, I, I was going through it because from the Wolves perspective, right? Like, where I'm at is I think the most likely and logical move that they're going to do is address backup center. So that's honestly part of the reason why I'm like, oh, like, let's talk with Brendan about the Kings, because you've got Rashawn Holmes, you've got Bagley, you've got Tristan Thompson, you got Alex Lynn, you got Damian Jones, Chemezi Metu plays some some center, even Nemi Keda, right? Like, who's on a two-way? But all those guys have played some minutes at center this season, which from a Kings perspective just doesn't seem to make any sense to me at all, why you would have seven centers on your team. But for From the any Wolves, I'm like, any perspective, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm looking, I'm looking at the what this Wolves team, and uh, I, I'm I'm actually a, a big fan of Nas Reed, the player. And you know, when Gerson Rosas, who's no longer with the, the team, um added Nas, like the idea was go with like a poor man's version of Cat, right? Uh, a big who has perimeter skill can shoot from, you know, can shoot from the perimeter, do a lot of the things cat can do. And I think where we've gotten to with the wolves as, as this team has evolved and got rid of kind of the Rosa's identity and moved more into the Chris Finch identity. That isn't necessarily what they really want in their front court. They are lacking physicality and, and Nas's skill set doesn't, so much fit there so it is guys like you know even a, a the, the tristan thompson type the alex line just like a big body center who can rebound like that's what it feels like the wolves need and i don't know if there's a single team in the league who has more just big man capital even if it's not good big man capital necessarily um what do you feel like with those backup guys i mean you, you mentioned well maybe let's start with holmes actually because I think he could more so fit that role with the Wolves. That's not exclusively a backup. It would get a little bit, you know, more complicated. I think you'd want to start him. You I mean you need to move Vanderbilt around in the rotation? But what do you? What do you? You didn't mention Holmes at all. Do you think he is going to be on this team on Friday? I, God, there's so many guys where it's just like. I could see it going either way. Like there's some big shakeup that I, I think still does need to happen, even though I said, I'm not sure that it actually does. Like we've heard over and over that mm -hmm. everyone is available. I, I think I wouldn't be surprised to see anybody moved on from that's not named Tyrese Halliburton really. Um, 
Wow. So, I mean, Rashawn has played 37 games this year. It, his season has been unfortunate, I guess you could say. Like, he had um, what is that going eye on? laceration. He keeps getting hit in the face, in the eye, okay. specifically. Okay. And it does not make sense. Um, he had a small, I forget the exact title of it, issue with his eye earlier in the year. A couple of games later, um, when he does come back from a four or five game absence or so, he really gets hit in the eye. And I don't even think we fully realized the extent of it. Like you could kind of see that um, his his eye was bloody, but then really you could tell post game how puffy it had gotten in the day after at practice, or maybe it was two days later. Um, it had just gotten worse. So, and, and then he has that, it's uh, announced that it's an eye laceration and misses a significant amount of time. And, and he even came back and said that that was the first time in his career that he wasn't able to remain conditioned through an injury. Um, I, I guess because it was an eye issue, he's not supposed to be up and moving around all too much. And, uh, you know, as a guy that's very hustle and effort focused, I think being a little bit out of shape uh, probably affects him uh, in, in a pretty notable way. And we've seen that throughout this year. And the other kind of confusing thing, and, and then he came back from that eye laceration and caught COVID. So he, he hasn't gotten a chance to get a rhythm. I, I think he's just now kind of starting to feel that a little bit. Um, but it's weird because as the guy that is the energy and hustle guy, um, there are those things that I just mentioned of a very up and down year when it comes to availability, but also just the heart and like, yeah, passion energy doesn't quite seem to be there, um, which is, mm. is concerning. But also you can say that for every single guy on this team, except maybe Davion Tyrese, like um, even with Fox, when people are like, oh, he's just not trying that hard. I'm like, well, Rashawn Holmes isn't trying that hard. I, I don't know how to like, it's not an excuse, but there's something going on here, obviously behind the scenes. Um, that I think is making for a tough environment. So um, when it comes to Rashawn, I think it's a guy that ideally you'd like to keep around. I think if if you are keeping Fox, the complication is then you need to make sure that the three other guys around them are floor spacers, which has been something Sacramento hasn't done great when you're putting Bagley or Harkless or Metu as the fifth guy um, alongside those two. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that the big thing with Holmes is that if you are trying to make a substantial move, it's got to be Holmes or Barnes or first round picks that are included here because those are the things that you have that actually have significant value, um, I, I guess, outside of De'Aaron Fox. So so do you think that contract, like, it's he's four years, 46 and a half, he's year one of that. Um, are you viewing that Holmes contract as like significantly positive? Yeah, I think it's a really, really good deal. I was shocked that he, I, I think that right. he, I think that his camp was shocked that he signed that deal. They put out, they wanted four years, 80. And I don't, I think, yeah, I don't think they handled that offseason amazingly for him, but I think that's a really good deal. It, it's just, again, you know, jumping in from 10,000 feet, watching the Kings a lot over the past week or so. It looks like to me that they love Damian Jones and have, like maybe if Rashawn wasn't there, they'd be okay with that. They're like, oh, we'll we'll roll with this this other younger option, kind of a bit more traditional, big, big. But I I watch Kings games and I go, why is Rashawn not in the game? Like he he subs out first. Feels like Damian Jones is in there forever. I, sometimes I know it's been foul trouble and stuff, but I I don't get the sense from watching the Kings that they are as deeply committed to him as that contract looks like and 
And I think they were probably just pumped that they got him at that rate because it is going to be a tradable contract and be a plus value when they when they do move it. Um, I think from a team trying to trade for that, um, that complicates things a little bit because cool, you're getting a good deal, but like if you're the Wolves and you're training for Sean Holmes, you're training for four, well, three and a half years of of that contract. You need to be very committed to the idea of him. You need to be committed to playing him next to Cat. Um, you need to be committed to the idea that this means less Jared Vanderbilt, all those sort of things. I really like Holmes as a player. I think in many ways he would fill what I'm talking about in in adding some defensive rebounding to to the team he's not huge but he would he would fill that i just you're trading for a starter like rashawn holmes is a starting caliber big in the nba and it's kind of like to me like the discount version of trading for miles turner equivalent that wolves fans talk about um a lot if that were to happen i mean what do you think the king's interest in like a malik beasley type of player would be i mean there's, that's very buddy healdish um in, in that sort yeah. of way is that is would that even have any interest do you think i don't think so i, I think I don't, that, e- I don't either yeah like i know he's a lesser version but even terrence davis to an extent i think they like um kind of fills that same sort of role um yeah I, I don't i don't think that malik beasley is is doing all too much. I, I think they need like a a three, four, um, mm-hmm. some some actual wings anywhere on this roster because we talked yeah, you're about probably talking centers. about like they also got four or five guards. So <laughs> they need a Jade McDaniels, is what you're saying. They <laughs> desperately need a Jade McDaniels. If only he was like available <laughs> last last offseason or something. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's where I mean, and this this happens when I play the fake wolves trade game with any team where you go, Well, will you take Malik Beasley? No, then you kind of move on to like, all right, then it's got to be Jaden and maybe Torian Prince as the salary filler, that sort of thing. I don't think that type of package is worth or Sean Holmes. Um, Considering I would jump on it in a heartbeat, probably not. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> it, it just so that's a, it's it's kind of weird, I guess, how it scales with what the Wolves can offer and, and the quality of player. That's what leads me to when I look at the Kings to look at some of these other bigs on the roster. I, I think Alex Len is really interesting. It, it's been weird to me that he's been like out of the rotation recently. He played last game. That was because Damian Jones and Rashawn Holmes both got in foul trouble. Um, and by the way, like the whole Damian, Damian Jones playing a lot recently. Um, he, he's playing really well. And I think he has a really good synergy with the guards. I know he worked a lot with Halliburton throughout the off season and Halliburton's become like, one of, if not the featured guy on this team as of late. Um, so I think that that helps a lot. Um, but Rashawn, like, there's definitely a feeling of he's just not back in rhythm yet. And I, I think that once he becomes, um, yeah, back in shape and able to, I think there's, yeah, a monkey on the back of a lot of these players in the form of Buddy Heald and Marvin Bagley who don't want to be on this roster. And I think it's... Clearly. Yeah, I think it's annoying to have to play with two guys that don't want to be here and made that clear in the off season and they're still around and the coaching changes and everything. So um, went on a little bit of a tangent there, but I think 
Alex Len is a guy that's really interesting to me. Uh, has two years on a pretty cheap deal, around $3 million each year, three and a half. Um, and I, I think that he does a lot of things well. I, I think that he's a, I mean, he's not great in this aspect, but I've been surprised that I actually think he's a decent passer in the short role. Um, he's a good rim protector and moves his, he, he's faster than you would expect for somebody that's as big as his size. I'm not trying to picture it, paint him as mm-hmm. somebody that is very quick or anything like that. Um, but, you know, I, I think just like fundamentally as a backup center, I think Alex Len is, is really solid in this league and hasn't been getting any run in, in a situation that probably if, if they thought highly of him, he would be right now. So Jake Lehman in a second does that. Jake's expiring $3 million contract. I mean, it's just, yeah. pick, would be picking up a second for Len, they would do that, you think? I mean, I, I think so. I think so. Yeah. You're, not, you're not doing anything with him. So yeah. I, I think so, yeah. I, I think that's probably the one that I, I think just makes more sense. It's that purely backup center. Um, you don't have to play him against a smaller team where you don't need size and physicality, which as we know, that's like half the games now in the NBA, but there are games when the wolves need that. Like Nas Reed got hurt last night um, just for this, this Kings matchup. It's like, okay. Um, Cat has to sit 15 minutes a game, you know, 12 minutes a game, at least like who's going to play center. Who's going to, yeah, like they just don't, they don't have, they have Nate Knight. Who's a, a two-way backup, big, more power forward size. They have Jared Vanderbilt, who's played some center, but you know he's more of a four. Like that, if Cat were to miss like three weeks with just a little get dinged up or something, like the Wolves would lose a lot. I, obviously, any team would lose a lot with their best player, but they don't have any sort of backup plan, really really in place and certainly not in any sort of defensive sort of mold. So I I think it's a pretty big need for this team. It's funny, you... this was this was the Kings last year. The solution, the only solution, Dane, is to go and get three of them this offseason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's that's uh, that was Monty's plan, I, I, yeah. I suppose. Um Chemezi, they're pretty committed to him. I think they really like Metsu. They they speak really highly of his work ethic. I, I don't think that there's any sort of, I mean, I, I don't think that Metsu has some great value or anything personally. Um, you know, he has flashes that I think are interesting um, when it comes to some sort of putting the ball on the deck and he's confident from three um, and just making the basic next pass. Um, but he runs the crap I, out of the ball. He does rebound well. That's a lot of what they put him out there for when they are playing him at the four, when they were starting him earlier. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that in my mind, he's like a decent throw in in a deal, you know, that just ups it a little bit. And yeah, that's, a, that's about where I'm at with Matthew. I know they think he works his ass off and talks about that nonstop. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not crazy about Matthew. I think it's probably also because he's been starting this year and he's no in no way a starter in the league or anything. So maybe makes me view him a little bit differently at times, but yeah, if you were looking at him at a 15 minute a game lens, right. It's better than maybe a 28 minute. Um, I, I also think for the wolves, if they are trading for a backup center, that it probably makes sense for Nas to be going out in the deal 
rather than just giving them DNPs. To that end, maybe the Kings don't make as much sense, right? In that they have so many bigs that if it were, if the Kings just had three or four bigs, you know, they could take Nas back and then they could play him. Um, now, if he were to go on the Kings, he's he's in the shuffle of seven centers. Yeah. And and also the Kings are a bad defensive team, um, probably, you know, slant more offensive. That might not be what they want out of a center. Am I right? Like, how do you feel like Nas would what would their interest be in Nas Reed? Yeah, I mean, I think what you pointed out of just them having a ridiculous amount of centers. Um, yeah, I mean, taking him back as somebody that is an energy guy um, that can maybe hope that's infectious among the other guys that he's out there with, then maybe. Um, but right. I, I think that, yeah, Damian Jones is probably preferred over him uh, for what he's given. And I personally would rather see more Namiya Kata before I was throwing Nas Reed out there. Um, yeah, I think just the roster situation, Reed probably doesn't make much sense. So are we getting to a point where it's like, okay, the Kings look like a team on paper with a lot of bigs that the Wolves would want, but it maybe doesn't necessarily make sense in practice when we start putting things together? Yeah, I think like the Alex Len one makes sense. Um, Tristan Thompson's probably a little bit too big of a salary to make something work. Also, I mean, Tristan stupid, but... Tristan Thompson cat. I mean, that would not work. Mm. I, I think, I think in a lot of ways, like I think Tristan Thompson would be helpful for the wolves. And I think that's a guy who probably just is like a 12 to 15 minutes, a game sort of guy, you know, get, get rebounds, <laughs> you know, be big, be physical. Like, I think he could help a team in that sort of way that has that need. So again, on paper, I'm like, Ooh, that, that might help. I mean, catch your best players, your franchise player. he, presumably does not like Tristan Thompson and that's hmm. a whole loaded situ personal life situation. But I, I think as we're kind of going through this, it's like crossing this guy off, crossing this guy off. And I think the Alex Len, you're right. That's the one that makes the most sense. And then just for Wolves fans listening to this, my sort of point would be that's the type of trade I I'm looking at is maybe it isn't Alex. Len. maybe there's a backup center like that who is cheap. You can get for a second. The Wolves have three seconds in this upcoming draft. They're, they want to move those. Like, that's what I'm... If the Wolves are with the Kings, working with the Kings, I think it's that. As much as I like Rashawn Holmes, the Beasley part doesn't line up. Torian Prince has been playing well. I, it's just... It's hard for me to see them commit to a player of that quality and that salary. So you've effectively talked me out of a trade with the Kings. Well, I guess, are you throwing a first for Rashawn? I would assume. Or... Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I don't, I mean, Beasley's playing better of late, but he's also like 16 million next year. Right. I, I mean, if I'm the Kings, that that's probably got to be a good first. Right. Plus Beasley for a player like Holmes, we think is on a, I mean, this isn't a Norman Powell situation with that contract. That's what I was trying to get at with you. Like, is there any, does that bog down the books long-term in a way that you would want to get off of it? I, I don't think it's that. No. Yeah, I, I think Sacramento's situation is actually, okay, they can they can make decent cap space this offseason even. 
Right. Right. All right. Well, let's uh, we, we did the trade deadline thing. Let's take a break here and then talk about um, this kind of, as they call it, uh, a mini playoff series that they have <laughs> <laughs> coming up with the Kings here this week. Uh, we'll be back with Brendan in a second. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we are back with Brendan Nunez of the Sacramento Bee, King's Herald, King's Pulse podcast. If you're trying to familiarize yourself um, with the Kings as the Wolves play them all week up to the trade deadline, I recommend following him, his work there. Check out the pod. Um, Brendan, I, I'm just kind of curious to to talk to you about what the, what the Kings have been recently. It's been eight games, right, that De'Aaron Fox has been out? Eight with a uh, sore ankle, and he's a game time decision every single night. So it's, it's so, interesting. I mean, do you assume he's not playing on Tuesday and Wednesday, and they're just going to let this go through the deadline? I would guess so. Yeah, yeah. It's been they're, man. It's, they're they're putting it on him by saying it's a game time decision. So he maybe wants to wait to see. Yeah, like I, I mean, yeah, for Alvin to go out there, I, I believe it's the last three four games and say he's a game time decision. Um, and apparently it happened in the game against Detroit um, where he, he did kind of roll his ankle, but then he went out there and warmups against Milwaukee and just wasn't feeling it. Um, but you know, the energy has been off with De'Aaron all year long. Um, James Ham just put out something the other day of him being frustrated that Bagley and Marvin are on this team. Um, and as two guys Bagley that don't want to be here. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Yeah, Bagley and Heald. Um, yeah, I, I think that it's I, I think that he's fed up. And you know, it, it also coincided with right around when we were hearing um what the all-stars were gonna be. And I, I think he was rubbing shoulders with John Morant last year. Um, and I think just seeing some guys that he probably views himself better than get announced in these things and just the situation that he looks around in, like, I think he's fed up. Um, right. 
and I don't think that this is a good way to handle it. I, I think that it's like you go out there and, and be with the other guys that are fed up as well. Like Tyrese is probably just as fed up, I would imagine. Um, Davion and Rashawn, like I, I think there's other guys that fall in that same category. And as the guy that they talk about as like the head of the snake, you're in your first year of a five-year max extension. Um, I think it's pretty crappy that he's not out there. If he is in fact healthy, which is what seems to be going on, that he's that he's hurt. He's not injured, right? And like right. we heard after last game, uh, like Alvin talking about, uh, you know, he doesn't think Harkless is 100%, but he's like, you know, we're at the time of year where everybody's a little bit banged up. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of <laughs> interesting that you throw that out there, you know? Um, yeah, we've had yeah. some of those type of comments, too, with some bruises and stuff around the wall. I mean, in different players, like, different players don't want to come back until they're 100%, too, you know? And and part of that is for their own, for those personal reasons, which I do, I do, you know, get to some extent of, not wanting to play at 80% and not be able to put up the numbers and stuff that they, you know, that represents their, I don't know, quality as, as a player. I, I think for me, again, watching the Kings recently, it's like this simultaneous feeling of like, this is a super depressing team watching them, like watching a Harrison Barnes, who's a good player, Rashawn, who's a good player. Um, just kind of feel like they're wasting away in this situation but simultaneously man like I, Tyrese I think has gotten the shine in this non-Deeran time of I mean that Philadelphia game he was excellent um really blown up in in the time but, but what's honestly more striking to me is Davion man I watched that Golden State game uh was that Thursday night like it, this is like a, a two-way player already and and when I think about this for the Wolves, I'm like, this this isn't like, you might have some guys who are thrown into the, the towel right now for the Kings, but Tyrese Halliburton is playing every night. He's playing really well. Davion Mitchell is playing really well. Damian Jones, as we talked about, is getting an opportunity. Like, I think the Kings might appear like two and eight, right? Their last 10 or something. Or two, maybe yeah. it's two and six, but, the last eight. Yeah, uh, two and eight in their last 10. They lost five straight, one, two in a row. Lost seven straight. Now one, two of three. I, I just okay. Th- this is just kind of my question going into it. Is like, how many how many teams? If you were, uh, you know, a team playing the Kings, like, are they a bottom five team in the league right now? Like, how many teams would you rather play than the Kings if you're really wanting to get wins right now? Yeah, I mean, it's probably the teams that do not care and are developing talent. Um, the tankers, yeah. Yeah, Detroit, Orlando, Houston. Um, I'm forgetting one, OKC. Mm-hmm. So, and but you you don't know which Kings team you're getting. Uh, sometimes they come out and have energy. And the, and the real difference is always on the defensive end. Sometimes they just don't hit shots, um, which we hear right. way too often this year that, oh, shots went down tonight or they didn't go down tonight. And it's like, you're inconsistent because you don't play any defense and you're not going to hit right. shots every single night. Um, but sometimes they go out there and do have really good defensive effort. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they, they played Brooklyn and Golden State back-to-back and played both of those teams really well. Um, they did. That, da- that Davion game you mentioned was his career high. It was probably the best game of his, of his rookie year. Um, he started every game. Uh, he started the last six games and averaged 19-5 and five in those games. Um, and, and I think we're 
starting to see that shot go down, you know, 37% from three on seven and a half. Yeah, it, it, it's like efficient. It, it's not it's not like a yeah. young guy getting a chance like this is a, and, like and an he impactful player. space for himself. Yeah, mm-hmm. like um, it, it's been interesting because it's funny. Right before he went on his stretch, I was like, man, I, I think we have to start to wonder, like, is right. Davion maybe not a great shooter in that senior year at Baylor was was the outlier. And it's like, no, oh, OK, he's he's turned around. And obviously, you know, the reporting with him all the time is a ridiculous work ethic. And they're you can confident tell. that, yeah, yeah uh, like have to keep him out of the gym. And I think he had a rookie wall recently of since he just works so ridiculously hard that um, he, he's already played more games than he has at Baylor. He's already lost more games than he has at Baylor. That's for sure. <laughs> Um, so, um, yeah, I think that you don't know what Kings team you're getting. Um, I think, you know, what energy you're going to get from Tyrese and Davion. And after that, everything else is a question mark is for Sean Holmes going to be on that night. Sometimes he's horrific defensively. And then other days he's locked in, which is weird for him. Sometimes Harrison Barnes decides I'm going to get to the free throw line, three possessions in a row, um, because I can actually do that fairly often and get up six or seven threes or i'm just gonna quietly take two shots in in this half um (laughs) so you don't know what you're getting from everybody else and i think that that's where some of the issues come in so the the wolves are in this four game stretch where they had a back-to-back against the pistons and then they followed that up with a back-to-back against the kings and I, i think for a lot of wolves fans you're like look at your chops right like that's two of the worst teams in the league that's you know that's that's four games and i've kind of been like i i was kind of like cautionary waving the flag of like you know i and and i was cade cunningham ended up missing most of the pistons games it looks like darren fox is going to miss both of these games which the wolves have quite frankly gotten really lucky lately with with opponents missing the games but there's just this there's this opportunity for the wolves to win these four against you know, easy teams, but I, I look at this Sacramento game and you point out like they are both on the road. You know, it it is a it is a back to back. This team, this Kings team does have a lot more of an upside, I think, than the Pistons. Might you, you look at you look at just that's why I mentioned the how many teams do you actually think are worse? Because the numbers say the Kings are 26th in net rating on the season, 27th in net rating since the turn of the new year like the numbers all scream bad team but i've watched them play in at least segments of these games play a lot better than that so as the wolves enter these two games i don't think it's gonna even if fox misses the games even if bagley misses the, i don't even know if bagley helps but like i i don't think these are two guaranteed wins for this team how, how do you how do you view the do, are the Kings caring about winning? Like, is it, does it, are they like, is it still we're going for the 10 seed? Like they're invested in, in winning right now? Yeah, I think they are. Um, like, I mean, if Tyrese is your main guy right now with De'Aaron down, Tyrese is so day and night based on if they won or lost the game in, in post game. Um, yeah. it, it, it's ridiculous the difference between him. He'll go out there and be talking a bunch of crap or he looks like he's on the verge of tears. Like Tyrese is the Tyrese cares about winning and it's the most obvious thing you've ever seen. Um, and he's, I guess the head of the snake right now with De'Aaron down. Um, I think that Alvin very much wants to be winning. Um, I, I think that most guys 
do want that. I, I think that Buddy is probably counting down until the tenth. Um, but clearly, man, it's like, yeah. And, and also, I, you don't know he's also still an elite shooter. There are some nights where Buddy saves or or wins a game for the Kings because he is still that level of shooter. Um, you, but you know, there's things of like the thing you clipped the other day yeah. of what is going on here. Um, so yes, while they are like a bottom team, and I think it's easy to look at them that way, there's easily games where they play as you know a 500 team. Yeah, that's what I'm kind of concerned about is that one of these two games, like I, I think like we said, we can anticipate getting good performances from Tyrese, both of those games, probably from Davion. And then I think one of the two games you're going to get a good buddy game. You're going to one of the two games, you're going to get a good Rashawn game. And then for the Wolves, like at that point, again, on the road, back to back, like you got to. Bulls did not play well. They beat the Pistons twice, but they beat them by like six and 13, you know, uh, against a, a bat, one of the worst, maybe the worst team in the league without Cade Cunningham. You know, I guess my point is you bring that energy to Sacramento. I think you're losing at least one of one of those two games. And and for the Wolves right now, like they're the goal is get out of this play in mix, get to the 60. They're one game behind the Nuggets. I think the Clippers are about to kind of make a push from behind them um they can't I, I don't know i just don't think you can float into sacramento and be like oh the trade deadline's coming these guys are going to all be checked out like some of them are going to be checked out but but it's also the guys that have been checked out all year <laughs> right and, and i think harrison's played really well recently um mm -hmm. he's a guy that yeah fluctuates a lot and i think has i mean at the very beginning of the year and this is a you know short maybe 10 15 game stretch it was like holy crap, Harrison Barnes is the best player on this team. Um, like when he decides that he's going to shoot a lot and gets in a rhythm, Barnes is a really, really good player um, who has dropped, you know, 24 last game, 25 the night before. Like you get 20 points from Harrison Barnes. It's a pretty big difference for the Kings this year. Um, yeah, like I, I certainly don't think that they're a pushover, the Kings. I think that they have moments where they are and it's pretty obvious early on when it's going to be one of those games. Um but right now, I think that maybe even the guys that are checked out, like a Buddy Heald, it's you use it as a motivator. It's I'm gonna I'm gonna show other teams of this is this is what I'm yeah. capable of. So go out there and get me, sort of thing. Um, yeah, they're certainly not. I don't view them as a pushover. And with the inconsistencies that we've seen, it's a lot of stretches of really bad play, and then stretches of mm -hmm. all this encouraging competence i guess um and their last three games competence yeah that's that's where <laughs> we're Sacramento at right Kings. now <laughs> yeah um, uh. and and you know they just played brooklyn really well james harden had his last game as a net um <laughs> scored three points in 30 some yeah. minutes which was ridiculous they played golden state really well even if they lost by 12 in that one clay kind of went nuclear um no, they, they did play OKC. well in that game they're on a good stretch right now oh. um I, for me Cat is obviously such he's the best player in the wolves. And it's um every matchup I I, I kind of come into these and thinking about how is this team gonna be able to counter cat? And and we've seen a whole different array of team the way the ways teams guard cat. And I actually don't remember what it was, how like how it went the first time the wolves played the Kings. Um maybe Rashawn wasn't playing in that game, but how do you think they will approach the 
the cap matchup and specifically when the Kings do face, you know, the dominant centers of the league, the Jokic's, those, the Embiid's, those types, are they a team that's consistently bringing double teams on those? They have been as of late. Um, I think that, I mean, communication is the whole issue with this team defensively. So there's a lot of times where it's hard to figure out what the game plan even really is because half the time it's not being followed. Um, I, I think that they yeah, do end up doubling cat. And when it is Tyrese and, and Davion is the two out there, those guys are really good at doing that. Those are two really smart defenders who communicate well. Um, mm-hmm. I think Damian Jones played cat fairly well last year. If I'm remembering right, I think he had a block at the very end of a game uh, that kind of ringing a bell. I think that happened last year. Um, So, yeah, I mean, interesting that that style like cat is almost always facing a double team. If it's not, it's been a terrible idea for the opponent where they're just like, oh, Kevin Looney, you got him like try. And that doesn't go well for every team that does that. It's it's interesting the different styles of double. What we've seen a lot this year is the power forward will guard cat, and then the center will kind of linger over um, off of Vanderbilt, who's not a floor spacer. We have seen a lot more of what you're talking about recently with on the dribble. That's when the Tyrese or Davion will will come over. I think cat's actually better against that just because those guys are a little bit smaller it's the physicality that seems to like bother him and push him off i don't think the kings i don't, just don't think they have like the option to do that you're not gonna put metu or harkless on cat maybe like leonard thompson if they decide to go in that direction but they haven't recently. they haven't been playing those guys so right i think it probably will be rashawn and damian on cat with a double on the bounce which cat's getting better at cat's getting better at all of this stuff. Like it was so bad at the beginning of the year with, with the double. I mean, it's just, they were just, teams were just leaving Vanderbilt, which, you know, I got. Mm-hmm. And now like the pivot has been, they're kind of weaponizing Vanderbilt in that sort of way. Like you're not going to guard him. It's just going to be catching finishes um, around the rim. The wolves are the number one offense in the league in the past, like six weeks. Like it's, it's working a lot better. A lot of credit, you know, to cat and being able to handle that. So, I go into this Kings matchup assuming that whatever it is that they're going to, I mean, it's just not good defensive personnel, generally speaking, um, that that the Kings have. It should be. It should be a lot of cat. I I just, again, I'm coming into this this game and I'm like, man, are you going to be taking the Kings lightly? Because it's the trade deadline. They have, a, they've lost eight of their last 10, all those sort of things. Like, I, I might just, you know. I've been yeah. covered a lot of Sacramento Kingsy type of teams for a long time where you, where you maybe see the glass half empty too often. I think this is a game that the Wolves should be able to take care of the Kings um, and beat them both times, but it's going to be harder than Detroit. What what do you what do you envision happening in these two games? Split? Yeah, I think it's split. Um, I, I think. Yeah, I mean, if if the Wolves are able to, the whole thing we've seen throughout this year is like the Kings get punched in the mouth and they don't respond. Um, so, you know, games where Kings go up 10 and they still manage to lose by 20 because once things start to go downhill, it, it's just everybody's like, oh, here we go again, rather than let's, let's slow this down from happening. Um, so I, I do think they probably get one of the two. It wouldn't shock me if Sacramento lost 
both of these um, because there's bound to be so much chatter around the Kings. Um, they've been right. one of the most talked about teams throughout the deadline. Um, <laughs> I guess I also wouldn't be shocked if they won both. Uh, but I guess that's just the nature of the Kings this year. Um, and yeah, a little it's bit that of momentum. They have the potential, the, they have the potential to do that. I, I, yeah. I think that's the thing where you would have gone into the two Detroit games if you're the Wolves. You're like, there's no way they're losing both of those, right? Yeah. The, that's the Kings also possible. lost to Detroit. Uh, Cade <laughs> yeah. played 20-some minutes because he was in foul trouble. Corey Joseph hit a game winner uh, yeah. in his revenge game. And then the night after, they lost to Houston. So yeah. you, so you, just, you yeah. really never know. And then they play Brooklyn and Golden State back-to-back and win one of them and, and play really solid in the second. Like, Yeah. Yeah, it'll be... I, I mean... I guess Wolves, a split, though. Yeah. The Wolves have the ability with this group to punch first against anybody i mean the the starting five which will i mean everybody's back healthy for the wolves in in the starting lineup like that that's been their like we're gonna pop you with a 12 point lead five minutes into this game and and that to me that's like the opportunity here with this this king's team is looking for a way to give up right that if you can they fall behind early all the time yeah so i i think that's what's gonna drive it i think it's just gonna take some you know some awareness and some responsibility from from cat of like we got to go right away um ant has this propensity to if it isn't a big opponent if it's a tuesday game you know to yesterday it's a 2 30 start time and he didn't wake up until the second half like clearly took had three points three shots in the first half like that that's what i just feel like the wolves need in general is like a hunger of every game and looking at the Kings as an opportunity to like, we don't got to work. We don't got to play that well to beat this team. We just can't sleep for 12, 15 minutes of this right. game. So I, I think like the first quarter of the, of Tuesday's game will tell me a lot about what these two games are going to look like in Sacramento. You have a team again, who will be willing to fold. If you, if you, if you bring it at, at the beginning, um, and yeah, just with the trade deadline lingering, like, yeah, it, I think I think that ant, the ant matchups kind of interesting to me. They're probably going to throw Harkless on him. Mm-hmm. Um, perimeter containment has been as much as communication has been an issue. Perimeter containment's talked about just as much. Um, so I think that that's an area where, yeah, well, like I guess we'll have to see how Harkless does against Ant. Um, he has done decent as of late. Um, I, I just, yeah, there's moments where I'm like, oh, I guess, I guess he can stay in front of these guards, even though I no, dude, don't that's been hard like forever. He... That's been yeah. Harkless forever. Like, yeah, yeah in, in a way they match up well, right? You, you put Harkless on Ant, you put Davion on D'Lo, right? And then you have Halliburton on Pat Bev doing the lingering double thing on the cat, like personnel Person. for as bad as the Kings are personnel wise, like, that's not a bad matchup either. So again, the, the point just keeps circling around to you, you can't you can't treat the Kings like they're the Pistons, or you're probably going to lose one of these games. You could lose two of them, and that's that's not the trajectory of the Wolves right now. I think they're twelve and five in the last seven, turn of the new year, um, one one four in a row. Like this is a team. I mean, when I came on your pod a couple months ago, we were like the Kings and the Wolves were in the same spot. Right? Don't remind me, Dan. 
<laughs> you know, you got it. That's well, I've, I've been there. I've been there where the, as the season goes on, you move, you move the opposite direction as, as the Kings have been doing. But I don't know, man, I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested to see how this, uh, this two game set. I always think it's kind of fun from a chess perspective too, when you're able to play a team two times in a row and, uh, we're, yeah. we're bound to get some good, like, uh, this is the closest thing I've played to a playoff series quotes. So those are always <laughs> fun. Um, uh, I, I think, I think my two interesting swings from Sacramento's point of view is like the wolves are a team that, that, um, forces turnovers a lot. And I think that Tyrese being the primary guy, like he's a phenomenal passer. He had 17 assists last game. He's one of five guys in the league this season to have that, which is ridiculous number. Yeah. Um, sometimes he gets in the air and he does a lot of jump passes, which I think are probably, uh, yeah, I'm going to ask him about this at some point of how often have you been discouraged from doing that? Because there's aspects where it does help. Uh, he's looking guys off and sure. things like this, but sometimes he gets in the air and, uh, is maybe doing a little too much or his option gets taken away. Um, and that's what the I, I Wolves are good at. That's what the Wolves are good at is jumping those passing lanes. I mean, yeah, that's where the turnovers the, come the, from. Tyrese will have stretches of having multiple turnovers. Davion, mm -hmm. uh, those five assists he's averaged over the last six games is an outlier. He's not a great passer. Um, like outside of Tyrese, they don't have what I would say like is an above average passer when De'Aaron's not playing. Um, so I, I think that if they can get Tyrese uncomfortable um, and, and he's a guy that does prefer to pass first. Um, so if you can force him to be a little bit more of a scorer, not that he's not capable of that. I just don't think he prefers to. Um, and sometimes he can bring that out. So I think, yeah, the X factor to me is going to be how much, how comfortable Tyrese can be swinging the balls, swinging the ball to guys and compared to Minnesota jumping passing lanes. And then also Harrison Barnes. Um, right. I think, you know, Jaden McDaniels is a little bit on the slimmer side as great as he is defensively. Like if Harrison Barnes decides to be his old man, strategic slow euros and spin moves and rip throughs and things like right. this, that um, you could get stretches of Harrison Barnes. Like I said, he, he does have little moments of five minutes of seemingly taking yeah. over a game offensively. Um, so if he can live at the line, um, like he does sometimes throughout this year, those are kind of the two swings to me. Right. I think I'm with you that I'd be predicting one and one uh, for the Wolves. They they split this here. Um, I do think they 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 could win both. I think it's more likely that they win both than they lose both. But um, it should be an interesting series. Am I? I'm coming out to Sacramento for for these games. Am I? Am I going to be one of like 1,000 people in the stadium? I've been seeing some pictures. Yeah, it's been it's been tough. Um, I mean, if you want to. <laughs> Trust their counting. It's sixteen, seventeen, or a thousand every single night. So, um, yeah, it, it's been. I don't know. Maybe the deadline will bring people out. Um, this is this is the outlier, you the know. Before people, out. who knows? Who knows? <laughs> I'm trying for anything at this point. No, they they have decent shots sometimes because mm -hmm. this wasn't an issue before. Uh, weirdly, because this is the fifteenth year, right? Yeah. Without a playoff appearance, appearance, but they were top 10, top 15 in, in percentage for the last five right. years. And, and they've just tanked this year. Um, so probably, but I guess we'll see. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you uh, doing this with me. I'll, I'll, you said you'll be at the game on Tuesday, right? I will. I will. Uh, you know, last year, Jimmy's, was this last year? 
Jimmy was not last year. Jimmy was the year before. Jimmy Jimmy's last game as a Timberwolf was in Sacramento. Yes, it was. So, who, so whose last game as a Timberwolf is in Sacramento now? I, I honestly don't know, man. I, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, you, you you hear things, but then you hear contradicting things later. Again, while I had you, I what I think is most likely that the Timberwolves do is trade for a backup center. Alex Len type, but it could be Malik Beasley's last game um, on, on the Timberwolves. It's just going to depend what like the appetite around the league is for it, it's it's just like the buddy situation like to different teams a shooter who doesn't play good defense is valuable you know there, there's playoff teams who can be can totally get away and have value a lot of value in buddy healed in in a malik beasley in, in that way too it just it really is kind of in the eye of the beholder like what what do you what's buddy down to like 36 percent from three this year something like that yeah, 37, I think. Yeah. And, and he's still shooting 10 of them a, a game. Of, yeah, yeah. It's the same or thing. Or he with decides Malik. he's going to shoot three one night. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. He's, I think he's at like 35, but there's an inherent volatility to it. And I, I'm very curious to see what the Wolves do there on the Beasley front. It's, it's not, it's not a, a clear cut answer of what other teams would want or what, you know, what would make sense for the Wolves. In ways, it makes a lot more sense for the Wolves to stand pat at the deadline than I think it does for the Kings. If if it's Friday and the Kings have made one small move, you're like, what in the God. world? Yeah, please no. <laughs> please no. Yeah, their whole move is buying out Tristan Thompson. I'm going to... Right, yeah. right, right, right. Um, well, if, if, this, uh, if this episode has proven to be prescient and there is some sort of Wolves-Kings trade that goes down this week, uh, maybe we'll reconvene on here i'll come on your pod we'll be able to you know get the land of or the, the landscape of who that player is specifically but i think wolves fans appreciate you know the perspective on those bigs i think it could happen at the deadline um you got anything to plug i don't i think you did it all for me man i always appreciate coming on uh love the work you do and yeah i think that's i, I am all good man so i cool. appreciate it I'll let you get to practice, and I will see you in Sacramento tomorrow. Sounds good. All right. Until then, he's Brendan Nunes. Follow him on Twitter. You're just at Brendan Nunes, right? At Brendan Nunes NBA. Ooh, just like at Dave Moore NBA. You can follow me, too, (laughs) if you don't already. Uh, I'll see you tomorrow, Brendan. Until then, I'll talk to you all tomorrow after the Kings game. Peace out. How I'm feeling, man, I hope it never stops, yeah. Green and hot so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah. Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah. Hope you're dancing like nobody else around, yeah. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.